Hey, what's April 1 mean to so many people? I can think of a couple things, Bill. (laughs) We'll get into the details, but I know what it means for so many. Christopher Lawing right there, Bill Barty right here. The Carolina Outdoors is now in session. And April 1st means April Fool's Day and and all of that. And we're going to talk about wild turkey. Turkey season's coming into play or is in play, depending on what side of the border that you're on as far as South Carolina to North Carolina. Uh, South Carolina with the many uh, different game zones. We'll talk about that. And, of course, um, uh, North Carolina with the youth extended youth season for turkey. But we're going to talk about April 1 because it is opening day of trout season. And for so many different anglers, not only North Carolina residents, but people that are coming in from other states to use and utilize our fisheries and our waters, we're going to learn a little bit about what these designations mean and what opening day means to those anglers and with that we're going to bring on our friend jake rash he's the cold water research coordinator for the inland fisheries division we're talking nc wildlife resource commission on the carolina outdoors jake welcome well, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking looking forward to chatting. Well, Jake, you do so much of your work outside of the season throughout the year preparing for this. But for us recreational anglers, it means a whole lot. In fact, the 7 a.m. April 1 uh, opening time, if you go to a place like Linville or go to a place like Wilson Gorge, that Brown Mountain Beach Road would be like Disney World. Um, Jake, will you talk to us about opening day and that segmentation of hatchery-supported waters compared to the other waters that we have in western North Carolina to fish? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I, I think you you hit it, hit it spot on there about how much those waters mean to, to so many people. You know, that, that opening day weekend is something that, that a lot of families have done together for for generations and folks that are maybe newer to north carolina are finding out about and enjoying as well and 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 what what that really entails is that first saturday in april and this year that's going to be on on april 1st uh as you noted at 7 a.m those waters that we stock pretty intensively in our hatchery supported trout waters program uh, they actually open up so as the as the name implies, it's it's opening day, and that season begins on those on those waters for folks to be able to catch and 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 harvest uh, fish and in those selected waters. And and I think you know as we're as we're talking about and we've talked about before, those are a really big and important part of our program. But there are so many other waters in North Carolina uh, that, that we work to manage the trout resources in, and, and we do that through a bunch of different regulations and, and opportunities that, 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 come, that come with those. And I'd I'd definitely be glad to, to, to talk about those as well. Well, talk to us a little bit. You mentioned the tradition. It, it is a big tradition, but that date stays pretty darn true. Those waters close at the end of February, no fishing allowed on the hatchery-supported waters, and then it opens on that April 1st day. There's other uh, regulations in the Wildlife Resource Commission. We won't make you speak to that, but sometimes there's a sliding scale of those dates may move, but the migratory hunts like a Labor Day for 
for uh, dove season. That's a pretty true set traditional date that's set. But also this April 1st date is a pretty hard date. Is, is, is there ever any pressure to extend the season or shorten the season? And after you answer that, we're going to ask you about those hatcheries. Uh, I think you used three or four different ones. But talk to us about the uh, the hard April 1st date. Is is there ever pressure to move that? Well, it's it, you're right. It's it's said it's that first Saturday in April. So uh, when whenever whenever that that falls, and this year it just happens to be to be April first. But that's that's what folks know. You know, in in a general sense, the waters you know close in March. But sometimes you know that may stretch a little longer, if, depending on that first weekend in April. Uh, when that when that Saturday falls, but uh, but folks folks know that that they can look towards that weekend, look towards that Saturday, and that's that's been around for for a while. the 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 season changed uh, back in the seventies mm. uh, to to basically what what we know today. So that that opening day as we know it has been around for uh, for 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 a good while now, and. And on those hatchery supported waters, it's it's definitely one of the busier times for them. Just uh, with folks uh, got that date circled and trips planned and and looking to get out, uh, you know, kind of as I noted um, earlier on, which as something that most likely they've done for for a while. And and if they if they haven't and are, are learning about it, it's it's a good a good opportunity to get out and and go fishing. Hey, Jake, talk to us a little bit about the program. You mentioned it, and this is uh, intentional the way this works. And, of course, um, you as a cold water research coordinator play a a huge part in the planning of the programs. First off, will you talk about the hatcheries that that the state utilizes and uh, the fish that they raise for these stockings? Yeah, we're, we're really fortunate. Uh, to have just absolutely talented and and devoted uh, folks that are that are working in our our facilities and our primary production facilities for trout are at the Bobby and Setzer State Fish Hatchery, which is um, near Brevard, and then uh, the Armstrong State Fish Hatchery just just north of Marion, and we also uh, keep trout seasonally over at Table Rock near near Morganton and. And do some work out of the the Marion facility as well. As well, so it's really it's really a team a team effort of folks working together. Um, you know, looking looking to grow a fish and and have them stocked in places that that folks uh, really want to to get out to see, to get out to catch, and 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 they really do a amazing job at at doing that. On on average, the fish that we're stocking are uh, just about 10 and a half inches. Uh, 4% of the fish we stock are over 14 inches. So there those are, go. those are really nice fish and, and making sure that, that the waters are, are getting those. And, and, and in essence, we're, we're stocking about a million fish and close to about a, a thousand miles of water each year. And it's a, uh, it's a year round process. Like you mentioned from, the work to figuring out where they go to to the work to to growing those those fish and getting them in the water and it's it's something that that we're definitely proud of and we hope folks are enjoy, out there enjoying it. 
We've got Jake Rash on. He's Coldwater Research Coordinator for the Inland Fisheries Division. For those of you just joining us, it's opening day of trout season on April 1st, and it's something to talk about. It is a tradition like no other, CBS would say, about the Masters, and that's what we say about North Carolina trout season. But that's the hatchery-supported water. Jake, will you here on the Carolina Outdoors, we end up oftentimes talking about Delayed harvest water, and that's a program that came on in the early 1990s. That water never did close during the month of March. It's been wide open, and the one difference between April 1st on the delayed harvest waters and the hatchery-supported waters, will you tell us? Yeah, the the biggest difference is uh, on those delayed harvest waters, um, they're, they're catch and release half of the year uh-huh. so can't keep so them, you gotta wait you get you gotta wait until june uh until until you can harvest out of uh take fish out of a, a delayed harvest stream and and that's that's something that that sometimes you know anglers can uh can be confused about those different regulations and what what you can do where and and what you know what this sign may mean and 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 that sort of thing so uh, definitely two different programs and really urge folks to take a look at ncwildlife.org slash trout to, to dive in deeper to the regulations. And we even have interactive maps where they can look and find either, you know, delayed harvest waters where, again, it's, it's catch and release one part of the year and then you're able to harvest the other or those hatchery-supported waters that we were talking about earlier that, that open up here in, a, in the, that first Saturday in April. Well, Jake, you're so up there get, in the mountains, too, so you got plenty of trout streams. But for us down here in uh, Charlotte, as the Carolina Outdoors broadcast, you know, those delayed harvest streams provide close trout streams, stock close trout streams that we can do easy in a day, an hour and a half for, for, or less for many of us in the Charlotte area anyway. We can access those trout streams. We just can't keep the fish. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. You can you can get to those delayed harvest streams, and 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 you can't keep them uh, if, and, until uh, basically it's it's half the year. And so uh, starting in October, all the way through June. So this time of year, it's catch and release. And then once once we get into June, as those waters start to warm up you are able to harvest, but you're exactly right. This time of year, if you hit a delayed harvest water, it's it's catch and release. Now, Jake, I'm going to jump in, and I'm going to change gears just a little bit. I want to hear, and I think some of our audience probably will too, what is your fishing story? How What, what was your inspiration? Mm. How did you get involved on up through degrees in college and career uh, placement and everything. You what, know he went to <laughs> NC State. That's what he's fishing for. That's what I'm fishing for. <laughs> Lines of state are over here. Go pack. That's, that's right. Go go pack. Woo. Yeah. Uh, it it started it started with you know similar to my you know opening comments about generational uh, elements to this and, and it's kind of a common story when you when you talk to folks you know usually there's somebody somebody took them you know, took them fishing. And, and, and that was, that was me. I grew up fishing with my dad and, 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 uh, you know, great grandparents, even, I, I even had a great aunt that lived across the street and we would go fish for, 
for chubs uh, with cane poles and in creeks and and around the Piedmont in North Carolina. So I, I was just obsessed with fish. And then um, I, I was fortunate enough to to head to to NC State and and then on up to Virginia Tech for for some additional um, school uh, focused on on fisheries and, and wildlife. And and it, it's just it's just a passion um, with with the animals and a passion, you know, for the people that enjoy them and the places that they live. And and that in that kind of passion that that I have is that's not an uncommon story. Um, chances are, any fish biologist you talk to, they probably got into this uh, by being way into fishing and then just being fortunate enough to to take it on. So you know, I. I always tell people, you know, if it, I may not be out, you know, hook and line, but I'm at least, you know, able to be thinking about fish um, <laughs> most most days, which is, you know, which is still, uh, I think, for my wife, kind of weird to process that that I'm into fish that much. But uh, when I get around other other fish folks like y'all and and being able to talk fishing, uh, it. It, it it makes sense. So uh, I'm I'm definitely still into it and feel pretty lucky to be doing what I'm doing. And you get paid to do it too. That's the thing. It's it's a dream come true and a passion from life. But you get paid for it. Yeah, yeah. We 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 are lucky enough to to be able to to have careers, and uh, I think you know that's that's a part of it. But um, in this line of work. Um, you're, you're working with the, the fish and the people and, and their habitats. And so, um, you know, you're, you're able to work on and think about things that hopefully have a, have a longer legacy impact. Uh, we're, we're, we're trying to work and make, make fishing better for today and trying to help do things like save native brook trout and conserve them where, where we can, um, that's awesome for us today, but, you know, really we're always thinking about, you know, that next generation and who's, who's going to have the next story to tell about these amazing fish and these amazing places in North Carolina. So that, that's really cool stuff. And that helps me get out of bed every morning and, and get back after. Oh yeah. Y'all are caretakers and, and thinking ahead on that. So, so that's pretty cool. Well, you're also an educator, and we're glad you're on here educating us and educating our listeners. Will you talk to us a little bit about um, what it takes for us, the sportsmen, the sports people, uh, to be better um, anglers and better, I guess, citizens of the environment in understanding what's going on with the trout? Um, Because I I theorize the better, the more knowledge that we have, the better anglers that we can be. Um, what are you finding out there as you're working with the fish and the fish are ending up working with the anglers? Um, are anglers becoming more and more knowledgeable or how are we as sporting people outdoors with these fish? Yeah, that, that's an awesome question. And, and I, I think you're exactly right. I think everybody's becoming more aware and more knowledgeable uh technology's definitely helped a lot um yes you know great things like you know podcasts that are sharing really good information and and websites are are out there and and information exchange but um 
just just that awareness. You know, for instance, um, we we shared a, a press release that spoke to trout anglers about reporting hellbender sightings. If you're wow. out trout, trout fishing, letting the agency know. Um, and and we recently had an article on our wildlife in North Carolina magazine that talks about some of the other you know really neat fish that you might catch while you're trout fishing and both of those topics speak to this bigger concept of aquatic conservation Uh, we may go out there thinking about trout but you know it turns out that if we've got good habitat for the trout to live well that's helping maybe that's helping hellbenders that's helping these other uh other fish that live there and so if we're able to do these efforts to really help, you know, take care of the waters of our favorite places or our favorite fish, you know, like if it's trout, well, that's that's kind of rolling downstream. It's sort of a conservation multiplier where we're we're doing good work up on the top of the watershed where the water starts flowing, and that better water is moving downstream to other other animals that depend on it and and other people that may depend on it or enjoy it too so it's it's kind of this concept of 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 things in nature being connected and us just working together working with each other and working with the habitats where all these these things live in the water to help them be as the best they can be and knowing that what we can do has a can can have a can have a big impact uh, beyond maybe what we showed up to fish for that day. Well said. That is as well said as it can be because it's not mutually exclusive. It's all hooked together, and as goes uh, the the trout, uh, so goes many other uh, wildlife and everything that's hooked to it. Jake Rash, we appreciate you jumping on the Carolina Outdoors. We love getting you on. We love celebrating opening day of trout season in North Carolina with you. Thank you for jumping on with the Outdoor Guys from Jesse Browns. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. I, I really appreciate y'all having me. And there he goes. That's Jake Rash. And there he goes. Christopher Loin, I'm Bill Barty. We're going to take a quick break, come back, and wrap up the rest of the Carolina Outdoors. <laughs> 